Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. <laughs> I had to kind of laugh at that because, you know, it's turkey season, and last week I wasn't here. Yep. I'm Jeff Lagerman. Good morning, everybody, and Kirk Waltz is here. Good morning. I wasn't morning. here last weekend either. So, And and that's kind of the way it is. I mean, it's turkey season now this weekend. Kevin Favor is off, and he's chasing turkeys. Uh, You know, so that's kind of the way it works, and that's okay. Well. You know, we got it covered. You got kids. Well, you got kids and you're you taking some time with them, you know, kids turkey hunting. And, and, you know, hey, this time of year, everybody around the country is all geared up on turkey. You know, that's what they're doing. Well, it's uh, a short season, too. It's well, it's a short season around the country. We have a, a pretty good season. But, you know, this time of year, we typically start to get into fishing, too. But yep. uh, most people around the country are, you know, springtime. You know, hey, the weather has been warm across the country this year and people are all fired up for for turkey season and getting after it and so i was sitting there bracking my brain this week and i said boy so we need to get somebody on who you know is an expert at, at turkey hunting besides us besides us right <laughs> self-proclaimed experts <laughs> turkey right, hunter right. and uh <laughs> my, one of the first things that came to my mind was hey paul butsky a mossy oak pro staff guy he's been in the business for well over 30 years he's one of the co-hosts of turkey thugs one of mossy oaks television shows uh and has been boy Let's welcome him in. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Uh, and hey, uh, how many turkey calls contest have you won in your lifetime? Oh, God. It's been a lot of years, uh, probably over 250 or so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> your shelf must be full of uh, trophies then. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. They're all collecting dust. But, and, <laughs> folks, Paul is, uh, I guess, born in Niagara Falls, New York, and, and you live in, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Skio, Skio, New York? Sio, New York. Yeah. Sio, New York. Uh, yes. So, so he, he, you know, Paul, you've been in the business for a long period of time, and and uh, how did you get involved with with the turkey calling contest, and, and at what age? Well, I started off back uh, probably around uh, late teens, early twenties, uh, in the competition, and I've always hunted ever since I've been old enough to hunt, and uh, with my my uncles and my father and uh and whatnot but i got involved in the competition end of it back in the in the 70s and uh it just started off i i started off with a, an amateur contest that did well in it and you know that was it was uphill from there i guess you'd say because uh it got in my blood and it's just like turkey it got in my blood and you know became an, an obsession with me you know the, the the amazing thing about turkey calling contests when you go to them, and, and I've been to them at you know the National Wild Turkey Federation's mm-hmm. you know, national convention, and you go to them and you see these guys that are making all these turkey calls, and they're I mean, but holy cow, the body language, you know, the uh, it, it's like a golfer after he hits a shot, you know, and all of a sudden he's trying to lean one way to get that ball to go one way. They're doing the same thing with the turkey calls, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, you can't do that when you turkey hunt. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, people take it to the extreme. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm actually not one of those guys. I kind of 
kind of keep my cool because, yeah, I'm a turkey hunter first. You know what I mean? And you get in the habit of doing too much movement, and uh, number one, you're you're in trouble when it comes to turkey hunting. So, I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys that put that body language in, into it, but uh, I'm not one of them. Well, <laughs> and, and, glad to say. And, and I really wanted to focus in this morning's show, and, and was talking to Kirk, and I talked to you about it, Paul, was was to make our listeners better turkey hunters by listening to to one of the best, and and you're one of the best, and well, you you see all the celebrities on outdoor television nowadays, and a lot of them mention you, Paul Butsky, as one of their mentors, and that they always kind of grew up, you know, the, hey, the Paul Butsky was my hero. He was a guy I wanted to emulate. He was so good at turkey hunting. His calls were outstanding. Uh, so let's kind of start in, and first before we get to the actual calling. This is an interesting question because this is something that I think is very important. What do you carry with you when you turkey hunt? I'm talking about your vest, what's in your vest, what's in your hands when you go besides a gun and a turkey call. Okay, first off, I'm uh, you know, I I appreciate all the all the the honor that people have said about what I, you know, being kind of their mentor and stuff like it's it, it is an honor. And, uh, but first off, I, I do carry a variety of calls with me. I'm an avid diaphragm mouth caller. I'm a, I'm a diehard mouth caller. However, I'm a turkey hunter first. So in my vest, I will have a box call or two or a slate call, a glass call, a variety of different calls because, you know, I don't care how good of a, of a mouth caller you are. You know, you catch that gobbler on that certain day, that certain one, whatever catches his ear is what's going to make him gobble, make him turn around and come on in. And, you know, a professional leaves nothing to chance. So, I, I kind of look at it that way. So if I got a, everything in my bag of tricks that I could throw at them, then then I got it covered. All right. So so give us some uh, brand names of, of what you carry. And I know that you were, have been in the call making business before. Mm-hmm. What what kind of box call? What kind of slate and glass? And what kind of diaphragm call? Well, I've been like I said, I've been in business myself since uh, the mid '80s, and uh, now we have a new company called Maestro Game Calls, uh, Paul Busky Signature Series that GSM has put out, and I still make all the calls, me and my wife, we still do it all, and uh, they are my calls that I pretty much use exclusively. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if I don't know how to do anything else, I know how to make a diaphragm mouth call, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Uh, I've designed a lot of, uh, you know, like a cutter-style call back around 81, 82, and, and it's kind of been a standard, uh, even today, with a lot of callers, uh, just putting splits and cuts in some of the reeds. And... Uh, that's pretty much exclusively what I use. Uh, I'll use uh, my uh, box call. I, I have a, I have a couple of one of them is called Morning Wood, and it's it's an awesome call. It's actually walnut and cherry, and it's uh, it's kind of a long box. And it's got a high pitch sound, and and when they don't answer my mouth call, they will answer this call. So you actually uh, tune up your own calls, your personal. Oh yeah custom-made yep. calls the way you want them. I mean, you don't use a Primos or a Quaker Boy that you were involved with. It's kind of like a no. Plan B, or you. Right. I mean, not nothing. Not you know, not that anybody's calls is, is pretty much better than another. It's just that right. I I tune mine to the way I want them, and you know that's that's kind of what I'm set with. So uh, that's what I use. All right. So so you've got a, a variety of calls in your vest, and and mm-hmm. as, as far as non calls, do you carry okay. a little fence blind? Do you carry a, a a set of uh, clippers in your vest, other things yes, that, that a turkey hunter must have in his vest. Because I, I love the little pop-up mossy oak fence blind that you can just put up right in front of you. And I love mm-hmm. to have a, a set of uh, basically garden shears, shears yep. that, you know, you can clip, you know, a branch here or there in <laughs> front too. of you. 
they're a must. They are definitely a must in Clippers. I mean, uh, I I would not leave home without them. I would not leave home without a set of binoculars, uh, Nikon binoculars, which uh, I use a lot of. And uh, Clippers are a must. I mean, especially hunting in Texas or places in the south where you know you get a lot of stickers and a lot of a lot of brush like that, and you really need. You know, you got to be comfortable when you sit down. You want to make sure that you're not fidgety, you're not moving around because it could be five minutes, it could be two hours. So right. you better make dang sure you're comfortable. Now this this is a, this is something that uh, last year in January I went to the, the Mossy Oak Pro Staff meeting in Mississippi, and they had the people there that were from uh, Gerber Knives, and mm-hmm. they were asking feedback from the pro staff. And and one of the things that me and Kevin brought up, the other co-host who happens to be out turkey hunting today. Uh, said that, boy, somebody really needs to come out with a quality set of ratchet shears for somebody's turkey vest. Because, I, I boy, the ones that you get at the garden center, I mean, sometimes they, they're junk. Yeah. yeah, they are. There's no doubt. No doubt you're running back and forth to the store sometimes. But you got to have something like that in your vest. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. When you, when you set up a lot of... Turkey calling experts have different opinions on when mm-hmm. to start the call when you're set up in the morning. Some say okay. before he gobbles from a tree, if you've roosted a bird and you know he's pretty close, some say they wait until he gobbles from the tree. Uh, at what point do you call and how much do you call? Well, what I generally do is, number one, if I roost a turkey the night before, when I get in there in the morning, I want to make sure I give him the gobble again, at least before I get set up. Number one is I'm closing the distance. I don't want to get too close, but I want to get close enough. So a lot of times in the evening, you really couldn't pinpoint exactly where it was at. So I'll try to make them gobble with a not with a locator called like owl hoot, and then uh, try to get approximately 100, 125 yards from this bird while he's up there in a the roost. Depending on the time of year, you know, depending on the foliage up up in the northeast where I'm from, um, you know, earlier on in the season, it's pretty wide open. You got to remember, they got the best seat in the house up there, and uh, their eyes are already ten times better than ours. So, you don't want to get too close, but then you got to want to make sure you're close enough, just in case you know there's hands around in the area too. Yeah, that, and what I generally do. Go ahead. I was just saying, you you made a point about they got the best seat in the house. Some people don't know this: a turkey has about a 333 degree field of vision, and it's like they're constantly looking through eight to ten power binoculars. That's right. That's right. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, you know, they got the advantage there by far. So the first call I would make, I, I'd get set up, and I would want this bird to at least answer me twice while he's up there in the roof. So I'll do some soft treat calls, do some soft little yelps. And once I know he has answered me, that's probably the last call, and I'm going to do that turkey while he's up there in the roof. Because by nature, they'll wait for them hens to fly down, come to him, and then they fly down and go off and do their thing. Well, you got to reverse Mother Nature here. And you got to entice enough where he's going to hopefully fly down and come in your direction. Now, there again, you got a lot of variables. You know, if, if you got other hens calling and whatnot, uh, you, you might have to get a little bit more aggressive that way. Or if you got other hunters off in the distance, really cranking off, and you know, sometimes you're going to have to you're going to have to adjust your tactics. And that's what turkey hunting is. I mean, nothing is foolproof. You know, you may do this, 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 and this, and kill a turkey. You know, three times in a row, you may do the exact same thing the, the fourth time and run that bird the other direction. Right. So stacking the odds in your favor is what's going to greatly increase your chances in the turkey wood. So always try, you know, these basic fundamental things first, but always be willing to try anything. One of the things that I learned over the years from a guy that, that is local around here is a very good turkey hunter, 
was he mm-hmm. took an old turkey wing, and I was hunting right. with him one day, and we were in a swamp, and the and, and you could hear the turkey on the on the roost, and it gobbled a couple of times, and he pulled that wing out, and I could see his hand moving. He was moving really slowly, and then he took that thing and beat it against his thigh a couple of times, and yep. that turkey went nuts. And then he put it down, and we just sat there, and it pitched out right there in front of us. And I thought that was really cool. And I so, got one of them in my vest. Yep. Ah, that's something else you didn't tell us he had in your vest. Everybody wants yeah. to keep a secret. Yep. So I, well, there's no secrets. I mean, I could carry my vest. We could talk about it for for an hour. What's in it? <laughs> well, there's stuff in there I don't even know. It's been in there from year to year. So I remember Will Primos did a show one time, and he and he pulled out his vest and he started pulling everything out of there, and everybody was laughing. They're going, "What else you got in there?" He's like, "I got paper, chalk, sandpaper." Yep binoculars matches a snack bar you know and he went and, and but i i'm i'm really appreciative of the fact that you're being open and honest with us because a lot of folks like jeff said are kind of secretive about what they have in there it's like they're yeah they're no, one edge you know no that's i mean that's kind of my thing is i've, I've always shared everything i could possibly share and you know the, how people take it or how they apply it is up to them but i mean you know I don't keep no secrets when it comes to turkey hunting. Well, I may it, keep a couple of secrets on a few spots, but sure. that's what I do. Well, you got to do that. You, <laughs> yeah, you got you got to sure. do that. And and Paul, you're actually up in uh, Michigan right now. You're going to be doing a uh, mm-hmm. seminar this morning at a sporting goods store there. Yes, sir. And yes, so, so he's going to be sharing more secrets with, with those people up there in Michigan. Uh, Paul, we're going to take a break here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and we come back. Really want to get into. You know, you've already, you know, made a couple soft tree yelps. The turkey now okay. hits the ground. Then what do you do? And, uh, and we'll kind of take it from there. Folks, uh, Paul okay. Butsky, uh, one of the great turkey hunters in this country, obviously, uh, made turkey calls for a long period of time. And he's also one of the tur- turkey thugs, one of Mossy Oaks television shows and more with Paul Butsky right after this with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. As a deer hunter, I think this happens to us all. You're sitting in your stand and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck. It happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you should have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of him. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say game on. If this has ever happened to you, you need to be a part of Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? 
the Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Folks, Hunt Life has teamed up with Mossy Oak to get you a 15% discount on Mossy Oak gear and get you a chance to win a Mossy Oak Elite 3 turkey vest. To enter and get that 15% discount, visit HuntLife.com. And we're back with Hunt Life Outdoor Show and our special guest, Paul Butke. And, and just, folks, real quick here, you know, if you need some credentials, Paul Butke, uh, over the past three decades, uh, here's just a sampling of some turkey calling championship. The Masters, Levi Garrett All-American Open, the U.S. Open six times, the NWTF Grand National Turkey Calling Championship three times, six-time runner-up at the NWTF Grand Nationals, the champion of champions. And, wow, that's a, a, quite a resume, I guess you could say. And, and Paul, we, we've talked about you know what you do when the tr- uh, turkey is still on the roost and he, you get him to gobble a couple times. Well, now he hits the ground. How do you call from that point? Well, first off, uh, after he hits the ground, then I'll get, I'll get aggressive. I want him to know that I flew down. Um, I'll get real excited because now I want this turkey to get to me as quickly as possible before there's any other outside interference, before some other hand start off somewhere or, or he gets end up, you know, real quick or he heads off to another hunter that's, that's yelping pretty good over there or something like that. So I want, I'll, I'll do some similar, like I flew down, do some fast, sharp cutting and carrying on and try to really get him fired him up, fired up so he closed the distance on me. When you do that, do you use different calls to simulate more than just one bird on the ground that's excited? At times. It's just kind of how he's responding. If, if this turkey's tearing it up and gobbling everything I do, I, I just stick with what I'm doing. But uh, there are, are, are times that I'll use a combination of a slate call and my mouth call or a box call and my mouth call. But I'm always a mouth caller first. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's kind of been my thing. But uh, I, uh, I, do, I do mix it up and carry, you know, use... Uh, multiple calls at the same time sometimes now with with this mouth call and, and obviously you make your own i mean that, that's mm-hmm. i mean i think that's an art in and of itself and and kirk you were talking during a break you were wondering how in the world does somebody get involved in making a diaphragm call uh in my question w- with kirk during the break was well the diaphragm call that you use for your mouth you know you, you look mm-hmm. at that on the market and, and there's a i mean holy cow there's hundreds of them some have right. two layers some have three some have four some have five right What's the number of layers that you like that works best for you? Well, first off, myself, first off, I started off making mouth calls uh, back in the in the 70s when I actually worked for a Quaker boy. You mentioned Quaker boy, and, and Dick Kirby was a good friend of mine, and uh, we were involved in competition calling back then along with Ernie Calandrelli, another was my best friend. And we got kind of tied up pretty good together, and then uh, I was working somewhere, and went on strike and I never went back to work. I started working for Quaker boy and then, uh, you know, nonstop from there stayed in the, in the industry. And, uh, you know, Dick who passed away, um, two years ago, you know, he was, he was one of my best friends and, uh, you know, he was kind of a pioneer in this industry too, as far as his, the mouth call and end of it, especially how did you guys, some of the different types. How did you guys come up with the concept of that? I mean, I think about that. It, it, it's, you know, Mm-hmm. Come up with the idea. Well, what am I going to, you know, how can I make this better, improve it, and make make it hands free? 
I mean, I was talking well, to Jeff. Yeah. Some the of those call, old calls look like they came out of the top of old Coke cans, you know, that old aluminum, you know, pressed with, with whatever, vinyl or whatever. Yeah, or lead. Started off with lead, lead frame. Really? Oh, gee. You know? Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Put that piece of lead to your mouth. Old Ben Rogers Lee, who, uh, who I worked for too back then, uh, back in the early 80s. He was, you know, one of the pioneers in this industry. And, and Ben, he had an old lead frame call and, uh, you know, it, you can bend it, you can, Form it however you want to fit the roof of your mouth, but you were putting a piece of lead in your mouth. <laughs> you gotta remember that. Mm, holy so, smoke. The Californians would love yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. They'd love that. But anyhow, you know, then, uh, I had access to, to a lot of, a lot of calls, a lot of different materials to make calls. So I started cutting and splitting and doing whatever it took and, you know, come up with some of the different combinations that, uh, I personally, I use a four reeded cutter style call. Wow. Or a tree-reeded cutter style call, and that's got a kind of like a horseshoe cut out of it, mm-hmm. and that's that's the kind of style call I use. But there again, it's a personal preference. You know what I mean? Well, whatever, one of the things whatever that, sounds good. that I noted over the years when I first started getting into turkey hunting, the mouth calls were too big for my mouth. I have a very narrow palate. Right. And Dick Kirby, God bless his soul, with Quaker Boy, mm-hmm. came up with this little small call a mini mag, looked like a little right. three-leaf clover. And I remember I saw it at the store one day, and I I thought, God, that thing's really small. Maybe I can get it to work, and I bought it, and it was like I hit a home run. And I remember mm-hmm. I came in here the next weekend with Jeff and Kevin, and we were doing a show, and I popped it in my mouth and started calling. They were like, that doesn't sound too bad. No, because before Paul, he was terrible. It sounded like a coot, <laughs> sound like a coot duck, you know? It sounded like a coot. You know how a coot duck sounds. But, yep. I mean, oh, but, yeah. but Paul, isn't that, I mean, something that, you know, one of the great tips for people is, hey, look, you know, don't give up when you just put one diaphragm call in your mouth because, you know, every diaphragm call is different. That's right. And the biggest thing you got to remember is, you know, there's tape on the diaphragm mouth call. And what a lot of people don't realize is that tape is on there for a reason. It's to form a seal up in the roof of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And you can... You can't add tape onto it, but you can always trim it off. So in most people's cases, that's too much tape in their mouth. So when you put it in your mouth, if you've got a gag reflex and, you know, there's feels like there's too much, take a pair of scissors and trim it the same shape that it's cut. Just trim a little bit off at a time until it feels good up in the roof of your mouth. You can always you can always trim it off. You can't add it on. So more likely, like I said, it's going to start out bigger than what most people need. Mm-hmm. So when so. you when you talked about doing the excited cutting and, yelping mm-hmm. once that turkey hits the ground you hear a lot of the turkey hunters say that they kind of feel out the turkey what does that mean right. well you get kind of a sixth sense and you know when you turkey hunt long enough and i and i tell people this all the time i mean number one you don't have to be a champion caller to be a good turkey hunter woodsmanship is the single most important factor that makes a good turkey hunter makes a good hunter in general and being a good woodsman is somebody you know you learn through experience you kind of learn when to call when not to call just like you, you know, how to position a tree stand, where to position a tree stand. This is all woodsmanship factor, and it's something that you really you don't learn overnight. It's something that you don't read about and become a good woodsman. It's it's you know hands-on experience situations and having a sixth sense with turkey hunting. You know how he's acting to my call. Okay, it, it, I can kind of get a feel somehow where that, that bird's closing the distance on me, and then I got I get a feel. Well, okay, you better back off on your call and let him come looking for you, or you better you know, step it up and get a little more aggressive because it doesn't sound like he's losing interest. And a lot of this is just, you know, just hands-on experience that, you know, a lot of guys have that have done it for a number of years. But, you know, it's all woodsmanship factor, I believe, that, that makes that difference right there. Part part of woodsmanship, 
Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know in, in our air, neck of the woods, we don't have a lot of topography, but we have some. And the thing that I've learned in our area, turkeys love that little piece of high ground to where, because I guess they're used to gathering and assembling right. the hens on high ground. Is that the case that you found too? Sure. And that, and that's, well, that's where the woodsmanship factor falls into play. Kind of knowing your terrain, terrain, knowing where, you know, you want to get to, uh, knowing how to eliminate certain obstacles that may cause birds to hang up, like creek bottoms or little sloughs or, or fence lines, and you eliminate these obstacles, and that's what's going to greatly increase your chances. And all this is, falls into the woodsman play. Uh, you know, knowing your terrain, knowing where turkeys, you know, like to fly down and maybe head to, and uh, just just like hunting a big old buck, the same difference. You know what I mean? You kind of get a feel of knowing, knowing coming from a bedding area to a feeding area and whatnot and how to position yourself. I know that Jeff and I were talking during the break about Lovett Williams, and one of the things mm-hmm. that I, I found kind of interesting is he was talking about the Native Americans and how they learn to what you're do what, you, what you're referring to right now is is to walk into the bubble, and it was the, mm-hmm. the woodsmanship of knowing what is going on around you. You know, like if the birds, right. birds were calling loud, if the cardinals were really loud, or the the owls were particularly loud. That would tune you into what was going on. And I think a lot of people tend to get excited after they see a video or a TV show and they go, all right, I'm going turkey hunting. They go in the woods and instead of being sensitive to that, they, they blow it out. I mean, do you, do you find right. that pretty much true? Absolutely. 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 It's an nail on the head with that. And you know, that's, that's where I'm talking about, you know, you, the biggest thing a good woodsman is, is somebody who kind of learns from their mistakes or learns or listens to what people have to say. And retain that knowledge and, and don't get to the point where you think you know it all. You know, I've been turkey on all my life and, you know, if somebody says something, I listen to what they have to say, you know, because something I might try or something I may haven't tried in five or six years. And it just reminds me of it. And that's what all this retain, you know, retaining the knowledge, uh, putting it in your, in your words or your situation and, and applying it. And that's, that's, that's the key to it all. There's no doubt about it. And I tell people, you know, I've known some darn good turkey callers that really weren't worth a flip in the woods, you know, and yet I know some guys that were mediocre callers who go out there and kill a turkey every time, you know, pretty much. And uh, that's woodsmanship. That's what it's all about. Well, you, you spent some time with a camera, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. along with you and, and, and also in your hand, you've spent some time, I guess, with Mossy Oaks Facts and Feathers video, and you filmed for yep. a show called Sportsman's Outdoor Strategies. And certainly with a camera, there's new challenges that kind of present itself. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you no know, doubt about it. So you got to have more focus when you have the camera in your hand. And, and um, you know, we've only got about 30 seconds here before we got to take a break. What What is ultra important when you have to have a camera when you're turkey hunting? Well, when you have to have a camera, you really got to have be on your P's and Q's. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. So it makes it a lot more difficult to hunt when you're hunting with a camera. There's no doubt about it. And people that want to video their own hunts, you keep that in mind. Why? You, know, you might cut down on your success ratio because you've got a lot more factors in play. All right, folks. Uh, we're talking Paul Butsky, one of the legendary turkey callers in our great, I guess you could say, outdoor tradition. And uh, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll talk with more with Paul Butsky, uh 30-plus years in the outdoor industry, and we'll talk more turkey right after this.
Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch. But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures. Best thing is, we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship. It's the fellowship of hunters everywhere, safely home from the hunt. Without a doubt, this is the hunt life. From turkey hunting to getting your food plots ready to early whitetail prep, when you're living the hunt life, there's no time like springtime. Springtime is also a great time to visit huntlife.com. Get great tips and info in the Hunt Life community and stock up on brand new Hunt Life t-shirts and hats in our online store, huntlife.com. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children, Jake's women in the outdoors and wheeling sportsmen they want to be the best conservation organization in the world let fish and wildlife biologist scotty brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with southern sportsman aquatics and land management they help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And joining us today is our special guest, Mr. Paul Butsky, who is on the Elite Pro Staff for Mossy Oak. He also co-hosts Mossy Oak's Turkey Thugs every Monday night at 9 p.m. on the Pursuit Channel. And, Paul, I also noticed that uh, in the emails we've exchanged, you work for a company by the acronym GSM, uh, which owns Stealth Cam, Wildview Truck, Cameras, Walkers, Game Ear, American Hunter Feeders, and Maestro Game Calls. Boy, that's uh, quite the lineup. Yeah, that's the name of Gila. There's several others, too, like Cyclops Lighting and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I'm the sales manager for the Northeast and all of Canada. So, <laughs> great company, great people to work for. Good sports and marketing is GSM. And, uh, you know, we, we carry some brands. And that's another thing that's in my vest is my Walker's game here. <laughs> that's something that's always, uh, always something that, you know, your ears kind of alerts your eyes to look in a certain direction. So, it's funny. Enhancing that- your hearing. 
Yep. Funny that you you bring that up. Uh, last week was uh, on a turkey hunt with my brother, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I had a, a turkey thirty yards. I'm sitting there staring at my brother. You know, kind of new to turkey hunting, slouched down a little bit, and couldn't see the turkey. You know, when you get in the foliage, like you know everything's kind of gotten a little bit greener right. this year. Yeah. Slouched down a little bit, couldn't see it, but then he couldn't hear it at thirty yards, spitting and drumming. I'm just going, oh, you got to be kidding me. He can't see it. <laughs> but then he couldn't even hear it. You know, so the, I mean, the, yeah. holy cow. I mean, hearing in the woods for turkeys is maybe the most important thing. You know, deer hunting, it's eyes, turkeys, ears. Right. There's no doubt. And your ears do alert your eyes to look in a certain direction, plus protecting what, you know, it all takes one shot to do that irreversible damage. If you got somebody off to the side again, you don't have no protection. I tell you, uh, you need some game ears. You need some walkers game ears. There's no doubt about it. I've got a, I've got one and it works. I have to meet great. Bob Walker at the uh, shot show mm-hmm. two three years ago and got one of them and boy the day they are nice. Awesome. The uh, the other question I wanted to ask you: a lot of people. I mean, we've talked about calling and feeling uh-huh. the turkey out, woodsmanship. Now the end result, you know, turkey okay. is there. He's getting close. How do you change your tactics for calling when you feel like he's coming? Okay. Now, you know, turkey's got the ability to pinpoint sound like you can't believe. And old Ben Lee used to tell, you know, when he'd do a seminar, and Ben used to tell me, like I say, he was a great guy who worked for him, that you could be a mile away. You can make a turkey call and just one time, and it might be an hour, it might be five hours, and you could be in a hole. Before before the end of that day, that turkey would be poking his head down that hole looking for you because they got the ability to pinpoint sound like you can't believe. Uh, and so there's a point there. You're going to have to tone it down, quit calling, make that turkey come looking for you. And that's when I really tone it down to do a lot of little soft, little seductive, little purrs and little little quavers and whatnot and stuff like that. Just kind of flock talk. And I, I call that a bread and butter call, you know, kind of the convincer, especially if tough old gobblers have been hunted hard and they become harder to hunt. There's a little bit of realism that you can put in there at that point can make the difference on those given days. Paul, in relative to that, I mean, I know you've had some wild experiences over the years. What is mm-hmm. the most incredible experience you ever had with a turkey when you're sitting there on the ground waiting and you've made that light little purr and you're going, okay, what's next? I mean, something that just st- stands off the page is like, wow, that, that was w- wild. Okay. I had a, I had a red fox jump on me, bite me in the hand. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. And uh, that that one sticks out my mind the most because I had to get rabies shots. <laughs> Holy <laughs> smoke! Now how did that happen? Uh, I never knew it was there. Uh, it was up in uh, up in uh, geez, up in Hancock, New York, and uh, cats. I don't know where that is. Out in eastern New York, somewhere. And uh, turkey hunting, and just uh, I just kind of sensed something, and it kind of cut my eyes to the right, and just then a, a fire. I just got through purring, <laughs> and I just. The back legs just left the ground, and he was on me. Ooh. He snuck in. I never knew he was there. Did you scream? I think so. I would have. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember. I don't remember, but, I mean, uh, actually, I was with Dave Streb, who worked for Quaker Boy. He works for Quaker Boy back then, the, back in the late 80s, and uh, I'd come out of the woods, and I said, I just got bit by a fox. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I've been stalked by a bobcat one time, and that was pretty, yeah. you know, you were sitting there going, hey, whoa, 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 I'm not a turkey. That was That's not, right. That wasn't really what I was thinking. I thought maybe you'd say a turkey landed on your boot or something like that. I know my oh, first turkey. turkey's close. There's no doubt. Really? All right. So, yeah. so we've only got a few minutes left here, Paul. Okay. Uh, 
if you had one place to go turkey hunting, where would it be? One place to go turkey hunting, and in all honesty, I mean, I love hunting my own home state in New York. I'm from western New York, south of, you know, Buffalo area, south of Buffalo. Uh, and I actually live about 10 miles from the PA border. And that area, that region of, uh, you know, hardwoods, I mean, I just love hunting because it's the month of May. I pretty much, you know, hunted everywhere else, you know, from Florida on up. And I just love hunting my own home state. I mean, it's, it's good turkey hunting. It isn't the best. I mean, you know, the, the heydays in Missouri and whatnot, I mean, you know, it's tough to beat. But uh, I, I got a lot of turkeys and, and a lot of places to hunt. So, you know, the accessibility makes it a lot more enjoyable. And I got all kinds of places to hunt in New York. Yeah, a lot of people that we've had on this show, you know, Toxie Hayes is one of them. He said, yeah. hey, look, you know, mm-hmm. I can I can go anywhere I want, but, but for me, it's it's my home. Yeah, Brenda Valentine. Right. Brenda same Valentine thing. said the same thing. Yeah. And, but but really? if, if you had the chance to go somewhere, now let's see, you got two ah. trips, okay? You can stay home, and, and you got one more trip that you can take. You know, what species, subspecies would it be, and where would it be? Uh, it would probably be Missouri with, with Easterns. I love hunting Eastern wild turkeys. Uh, and then again, I love hunting down in Florida. I'm actually heading that way on Monday. <laughs> Are you really? So, yeah. Yep. You coming down, down to hunt to... with, uh, one of your fellow turkey thugs, Keith Kelly? Yep. Ah, Keith Kelly. You'll be great right guy. Quick. Great. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm, I don't know how much hunting I'm going to do, but we're doing a, uh, wounded warrior hunt and I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. We do a lot of work with them here with the show. Mm-hmm. I also noticed here, too, on your website that one of your most favorite outdoor memories was calling a turkey for the legendary Roy Rogers. That must have been yes, really sir. special. It was. Uh, you know, Roy, it took about three birds or, or six or seven birds, I think, before we finally got one. But once we got one, I tell you, you know, it was the only turkey he had ever killed. And he was 82 years old, and uh, it was he was a great guy. Playing, I tell you, it was, it was an experience of a lifetime, I thought. It really was. Yeah, that's way cool. So uh, for, for folks to learn more about uh, all the different products that GSM has, uh, you got a website that they can check out? Yes, we do, www.gsmoutdoors.com. Uh, variety of different products, uh, anything for the hunter, outdoorsman, enthusiast, that we can, we can hook you up. All right, so uh, just last question here. When you okay. set up for turkey hunting, what do you wear? Oh, I'm a mossy oak obsession guy. Uh, I carry a variety, you know, I use a variety of the different patterns, but I mean, for some reason that works best for me. Uh, it's just, uh, I love it. I really do. I love it. I mean, you know, the springtime, it's, you can't beat it. No matter where you go, whether you're in Texas or Florida or New York, it doesn't matter. Well, uh, Paul, I appreciate you spending the morning with us and, uh, good luck on your hunt when you come down our way to hunt with the Wounded Warrior guys and Keith Kelly, and uh, best of luck to you. And, and thanks again. It's uh, been a great show and, and very informative, and I think a lot of people learned a lot. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it very much. All right, thank, thank, you. thank you, Paul. Folks, Paul thanks. Butsky, uh one of the legendary turkey callers that uh, the outdoors has ever seen. And I remember a couple years ago having to watch a, a television show where Michael Waddell was doing this little charity hunt out around Georgia area. Right. And he said, you know, growing up as a kid, all he, one of his idols was Paul Buskey. I mean, I mean, you're talking about the biggest maybe TV personality that's in the outdoors right now saying that Paul Buskey was his hero. Yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. And Paul Buskey, folks, uh, great information. Check out gsmoutdoors.com to learn more about the different products that uh, Paul Buskey 
helps uh, get to the outdoor marketplace. And more with me and Kirk Waltz, and I'm Jeff Logman, right here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show right after this. Everybody here at the Hunt Life Outdoor Show loves Mossy Oak, and we know you do too. That's why we've teamed up with Mossy Oak to give you a 15% discount in the Mossy Oak online store and gotten you a chance to win a Mossy Oak turkey vest. Visit HuntLife.com or Facebook.com slash HuntLife to find out how to earn that 15% discount and register to win. But do it soon. The giveaway and the discount both end on May 5th. Hunt Life and Mossy Oak, a perfect combination for you. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com. Because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And today it's with me, Jeff Logman and Kirk Waltz. Kevin Favor is out on the field chasing turkeys. Uh, a big special thanks to our special guest today, Paul Butsky. And at the very end there, we asked him what he wore. And he said, Mossy Oak Obsession. It is by far the best camouflage, and folks, you can also wear Mossy Oak Obsession because Hot Life and Mossy Oak, we partnered up to get you all geared up for this spring. All you got to do is go to facebook.com slash huntlife, become a fan, and you can find out how you can get a 50% discount on Mossy Oak gear and register to win a Mossy Oak Elite 3 turkey vest. I got one of those. How about that? They're very nice. Or, or, or you can go to huntlife.com and right there on the homepage, you can, uh, find out how you can get the 15% off and also, uh, register to win the, uh, Mossy Oak Elite 3 turkey vest. And that is in Mossy Oak Obsession, the finest turkey pattern that is on this planet. Really cool interview. And looking at his bio, folks, if you, if you go to northamericanhuntingclub.com and if, and then the, the for, for the website on that, folks, just go to Google, type in Paul Butsky, it's B-U-T-S-K-I, and you'll see the link to what you're talking about here. Yeah, N-A-H-C, huntingclub.com. You'll see that. I think it's about Which the Which is North fourth, American Hunting Club. Right. It's about the fourth uh, article down on the Google search. And it's really cool how it talks about all the celebrities he's hunted with. I mean, Larry Zonka, Bo Jackson, Wade Boggs, your buddy Bruce Souter. Charlie O'Brien, astronauts, country singers, and for me, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt, Roy Rogers. Though, I mean, how cool is that? That's unbelievable, you know. Because I, I thought about when he, when he had that on there, and then he was talking about. It, I said, he's got to be in his 80s, and and he said he was 82 years old. That's pretty cool, you know. Of course, Roy's off in the great country, uh, uh, home in the sky up yes, there. Yes, he is. Yes, but, he uh, is. 
But but you know, I always want to ask the legendary turkey callers what they have in in their vest, right? Because I think that's important because you got to be prepared. And for me, I wear a uh, Mossy Oak Obsession turkey vest. It's not the one that that we're team teaming up with Mossy Oak to give away the Mossy Oak Elite Three. Mine is a like a Bucklet Creek, and it has little straps. Right. And if somebody asked me exactly what I had in my turkey vest, I'd probably get about 65, 70% of it right. Because the rest of it's buried in there. And you I don't... mean, yeah, you just, I mean, there's certain things you just, you know, you, that's in there, you got it, and you just forget about it. But I mean, I brought up the game clippers, you know, the, not the game clippers, but yep. the, you know, tree limb shears, clippers. Right. Because that is so important. Well, the garden shears are important, and I, I agree with you. A lot of them that you buy in the, like the Lowe's, the Home Depot, the quick saver stores, or whatever they may be, are large and bulky and heavy. And what mm-hmm. you want to try to do is slimline everything because I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of retentive. I got everything under the sun in my turkey vest. Yes, you do. It's ridiculous. People <laughs> look at it and they go, what do you got in there? Well, I got a thermostat. You got a turkey vest in a bag. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm prepared, like he said, to do battle. And I think that's so critical. The one shears that I found was really good. Primo's made a really small pair. They're ratchets and, and they're affordable and they're affordable and they cut through anything. Yep. And uh, be careful of the ironwood because I had a nice pair of them ratchet style and I was trying to cut a piece of ironwood and it broke the metal. Holy smokes. I was in Missouri wow. turkey hunting and went to clip some ironwood. I didn't know what ironwood was. Well, I learned. That's why they call it ironwood. Folks, next week, <laughs> uh, one of the bone collectors, Travis T-Bone Turner, joins us right here on the Hunt Life Outdoors show and that should be a very entertaining show. And uh, I look forward to it. We'll talk to everybody same time, same place next week right here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2012.